Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. We are in the home stretch, people. The Massachusetts shows this weekend, April 8th, Chicopee, Huke Lao. April 9th, the Wilbur Theater, Boston, Massachusetts. I'll be bringing my best friend, Mike Furman. There will probably be music. Translation, definitely be music. Uh, so please come to one or both of those shows. And then uh, also Irvine Improv, April 15th through the 17th with Kumail Nanjiani. And then uh, May 2nd, we're doing our live Nerdist podcast with uh, Kevin Pereira at uh, The Meltdown. And then May 6th, I'll be at the Varsity Theater in Minneapolis. Hashtag MPLS. Hashtag hashtagging vocally outside of Twitter. And then going on sale Friday, April 8th, I believe, I will be returning to Portland, Oregon, May 14th at the Aladdin Theater. Information and links for all these are at, of course, Nerdist.com. I want to thank everyone who came out for the James Gunn podcast last night. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, He was great. The movie Super is phenomenal. It's super violent, though, so it's not not for little kids. Uh, But it was really great. Thanks to everyone who came uh, to to the movie with us for the tweet-up and then came to Meltdown afterwards uh, for for the show. So uh, here it is. Nerdist Podcast number 75 with Mr. James Gunn. Go see Super. It's in selected cities. You will have to determine if you live in such a selected city. Why am I whispering? Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, thanks for coming, everybody! Yeah! Welcome to our super uh, podcast special. We literally just came from seeing Super. How many people went to see it at the Sunset Five? Who saw it with us? Yeah. I was... This has been such a fun day. I was at WonderCon today, and I... I feel so far away. It, well, there, there are these giant metallic birds you can crawl inside, and uh, they take you places. And so I, I did the Doctor Who panel, and then I 
rushed here and literally brought my luggage to the movie. Yeah, he did. Where, it was adorable. Where I, where I felt <laughs> he I'm, felt like he had to explain it. I explained it to the ticket uh. person who couldn't, who could, didn't even see me, <laughs> and I didn't give a shit. I was like, I know I have this dumb suitcase, but I was just coming from a thing. And, and like, then he said, right. Yeah, I was going to say it's a really dumb suitcase. <laughs> yeah, probably suitcase the dumbest dumb. suitcase. Actually, the dumbest suitcase was the girl who was in the elevator with us. Who, uh, <laughs> uh, when we were going back down, oh, we, yeah. get, we get to the elevator at the Sunset Five. And this, there's a group of like four hammered uh, 20-something girls. And the one girl goes, Oh my God, you look like Joel McCain. <laughs> Joel like, McCain. Joel McCain. And she goes, Does anybody ever tell you that? And I have no tolerance for drunk people. So I was like, No, because that's not a real person. Yeah. And then what did you call her after she got out of the elevator? I didn't realize there was a woman standing behind me. <laughs> right behind not in our group. Right behind you. What did you say? All right. You said, you said, oh, they go, uh, when her friends got out there, like, sorry, she's a little drunk. And then the doors closed. And I was like, oh, P.S. She's also a cunt. And then I, and yeah. then I didn't realize, and I turn around and there's a woman who's just like back there, yeah. just kind of sneering. Like, you, what about Jonah's line right before the doors closed? He said, of course you're drunk. It's 7 p.m. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> On a Sunday. Damn. On a Sunday. <laughs> who goes? Who goes to that Sunset Five Plaza to get hammered? Well, assholes. Assholes go. Rock and roll sushi. Joel McCain. <laughs> I, and I think another thing I shouted her. She was walking. I was like, "Make sure and vote for my dad, Senator John McCain." Yeah. yeah. I think I'm sure what happened was somewhere, somewhere in her brain, there was this mixed up. You know those little mosaic games where you'd have to like flip them around and then make the picture fit? It was just like a little three by three mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I think in her head, she had some like a soup show of some type, Joel McHale, and then saw my strategically disheveled hair. And, and, then, she's, uh, and then she's also crazy Republican. <laughs> that was the other thing. Crazy into it. And in her mind, jo- Joel McHale is actually Senator John McCain's son, and that's why he's Joel McCain. Yeah. And then she just mashed all these things up together. And then also, uh, she had that mutant cunt gene. Uh, <laughs> and then Chris uh, behind you. Oh my God, that woman again! You're so cranky in the corner. No. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of there, uh, in the in the movie theater the, during the trailers. They had a commercial for the new during season the of, hour of tra- trailers. Oh, uh, there was a Doctor Who commercial. That was awesome. That was cool. And then like uh, like a lot of nerds we were there. Like we clapped. And then like uh, there was a lady behind us who was just like, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> just accept that there's some things you don't know, and that you don't have to know about everything. Well, there's clearly something that I don't know about. What it is is all the space and time in a tiny box. Exactly. And then someone's phone went off during same the movie. Same lady. Same lady. The phone was the same lady who was like, I don't know what that's all about. She has a phone going off in the middle of the movie. Didn't bother to disable the ring. Just let, she was like, I'm just going to let it go. Didn't bother to disable just like anything. Just it was loud. And it was like, it was like you know, like the, the, kind of, it was the ringtone from a phone that you could tell is like old because they don't give a shit about phones. And it's just like... You know, but it wasn't the one like that, that whenever one. I hear that I always sing, I don't know how to program my phone. I still don't know how to program my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I like this phone. I like this phone. phone. <laughs> uh, we could do. We could. I, I, I uh, set my roommate's ringtone. He had that doo 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 doo. And I found it really fucking annoying. And I went, This is Heath's phone. And I just. <laughs> And that was his ringtone for months. And he, he didn't change it? Couldn't. Didn't oh. know how. He didn't know how? <laughs> I used to do that people. I, I used to do that to people uh, when I worked on a little <laughs> uh, non-award winning show called Shipmates. I got bored once and went around to a bunch of the 
people who worked on the show and changed the homepage on their computer to scatlovers.com. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and then just kind of waited. And, there, and then as people came into work, like Ella Fitzgerald. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. How do I change this back? This is, this is a website dedicated to people who love Scatman Crothers. Right? Yeah, that's right. They, <laughs> loved, yeah. they loved his yeah. work. And, yeah. uh, Scat lovers, Scatman do. Yeah. Uh, they loved his work in The Shining and, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. and in the Twilight Zone movie. And, yeah. uh, he was and in other things besides The Shining? <laughs> yeah. fooled me. This, I had no was, idea. He was also in uh, Zapped, as a matter of fact. Oh, he's in Zapped? Yes, of course. <laughs> why, <is that? laughs> why would you Make laugh at this Scatman Crothers tragic career going from a Kubrick movie to Zapped? Yeah. I don't know a why. Scott Bayo movie, so it's a fucking up. It is, it is an arc. Yeah. Oh, you know, Scatman Carruthers would actually—he might be—he might be better than uh, Kevin Bacon in terms of like linking people just from the weird movies that he's That's done. That's true. Yeah. We all earned a new Kevin Bacon movie tonight. Yes. Oh did. shit! And that—that <laughs> that is a perfect segue to introduce our guest for tonight and the the guy who has helped us earn another Kevin Bacon movie. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. James Gunn. James Hello, Gunn! Humans, crowd, the people staring. <laughs> <laughs> we, I greatly enjoyed your movie. Thank you for Thank making you. it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an enjoyable film. Um, <laughs> that's one of the main things we attempted to make with this movie was a movie that was quite enjoyable. Yes. Uh, don't, there are so many things that I want to talk about that I, that I shouldn't talk about because I don't want to give anything away to we, people listening to the podcast. We've already let the world know the major spoiler that Ellen Page rapes Rain Wilson. So yes. We can give that one up. Yes. There that was does. great. There is a that little bit great. of page rape. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was as it, the scene was like so uncomfortable. Where I was like, you know, because a lot of indie guys, they were like, oh, that'd be so awesome if you know, like Ellen Page raped you. But then you realize it's not awesome. <laughs> it's, it's awkward. And part shitty. of me hoped it turned into a Law and Order Special Victims Unit where the guy got <laughs> raped, and then he's yeah. like. No, I didn't. She, nothing happened, all right? Yeah. And Stabler's like, you know what happened. She yeah. raped you, man. Now, do you think after this, did Rain change his name to Rape with two Ps? Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the weird thing about me in the rape scene is it's not the rape that bothers me. It's the fact that she wants to put on the superhero mask while she's yeah. fucking yeah. him. And that kind of hurts my feelings. I think that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, the rape is kind of a compliment to a guy. I really think... To it, a guy, it's a nice thing. It's like, you know, you want to fuck me so bad, you're going to force me into doing yes, it. Yes, yes. And yes. that makes me sort of happy, but you only want to do it if I have a mask on, yeah. and that makes me sad. Tiny Ellen Page. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thumbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> How did, what did you say? What did you say to turn the crowd? Thumbing it in, Thumbing like. It in. Oh, oh, sorry, rape. Everyone's like, ha, 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 rape. And then when you use like a technical term, like trying to put a flaccid dick inside of a vagina, everyone's like, wait, far, too far. Get back to that rape stuff. That stuff is cool. Rape is one thing, but thumbing it is entirely yeah. another issue, my friend. Offensive, offensive. I never actually. I didn't know there was a name for that. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Name. I didn't know that was yeah, a yeah, thing. Yeah. Clearly, you've only had sex with people you like. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing now? We're gonna start referring to people like, "Oh, she's a thumber." Uh, she if is I a had thumber. To, if I had to, I can figure out a way. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I do like to call it a flassy. That's my a term flassy. That I like. Yeah, it's like you know, if I you know, I want to you know, sometimes get it. You sound, sound like or, '30s hitman, thumber hey. and flassy. <laughs> hey, flassy, come flassy. on over. Yeah. Get thumber. I thumb uh, my flassy. 
Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> well, so you guys showed this the movie at South by Southwest. We did. Which I was unable to attend, but I heard yeah. nothing but great things about yeah, well, it. Yeah, we, we opened it up actually at the Toronto Film Festival this year. That was where we sold the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we showed it at the Midnight Madness Festival there. We sold it, and then we went to South by Southwest, and now um, I saw you... Yeah, yesterday morning, uh, going to, to WonderCon. Yes, uh, we were on the same Southwest flight. Same s- completely unaware that earlier that morning, another Southwest flight had peeled open like a tuna yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, We're lucky we even made it out of the airport because they grounded so many Southwest flights. I know. I can't believe I made it back here, actually, because <laughs> I came back here today as well. So it's. Um, I don't know if you caught this because it happened right in front of you. The flight attendant uh, and I had like a weird exchange. And it happened right in front of you, and I was like, I hope James doesn't think I'm a cock. Be- I had my bag. Joel McCain, how are you flying Joel today? McCain. <laughs> I, had my, I, I had my bag and my, my suitcase, and I was trying to get into the seat, but the flight attendant was coming from the rear of the plane, and he wouldn't get out of the way. He was just insistent that he had to get by me at that time. Like he had a job to do or something? He what, didn't do a job. He did not do a job. He just fucking stood in the exit row. and just You know how they just stand in the exit row and watch people come in? That's what he did. Judging everyone. Yeah. yeah. You have to judge to see if they're able to sit in the exit row. Oh, they and look so at me and go, you should have bought two seats, fatty. I kind of... Not so much, though, because yeah, you've lost a ton of weight I used to uh, on your slow car bag. <laughs> <laughs> seat, seat and a half. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Max, Max. Wait a second. We <laughs> sat next Max. to each other in the theater. There was, it was fine. There was fine. It yeah. was fine. Right. But uh, so I kind of bumped him with my bag, and he was just like, Ugh, just "Go ahead and hit me with your bag." And I'm like, "But I, <laughs> I am lumbering through a tiny aisle. It's your responsibility to take a step back." <laughs> also, I'm the customer, and I found myself like so apologetic to this guy, like. And even like I was like, oh, I'm sorry, and he kind of pulled away, like I touched so wait, him. And I'm like, Ugh. why would I think you were a dick then? I don't know. Guy? No, I didn't hit him, but I just I. I think if you touch a flight attendant, an air marshal will shoot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I died. <laughs> I died Listen, flight, flight attendant, you have a responsibility to step back. <laughs> you should have given him just a big speech. I really should have, but I didn't. But we made it. How was your WonderCon uh, experience? Uh, I don't remember it. Um, we went to, uh, we did a big panel, Rain Wilson and I, there's a couple thousand people in there. So that was a great time. And then I did a screening last night, did a lot of press. Yeah. Uh, it's miserable. I'm actually quite miserable right now. I'm at the very end of like this sort of press tour. And I've been in, you know, like five cities over the past week oh, and yeah. going from place to place. And this is actually sort of the finish line tonight here. This is at, it. Uh, at, at Meltdown Comics. Nice. And so I'm very excited. Yeah. And I don't have a flassy. In fact, I have a full <laughs> erection. <laughs> I can see it from here. Fin- finish line. That's good because it is, it is. You know, like jumping around. How many festivals have you been to? Toronto, you've been to South By, you've been to... Town, Toronto, South By. We went to Emerald City Comic Con. I was yep. at Sitges in Spain. I was at uh, Torino Film Festival in Italy. Oh, you literally just popped over to Europe for like a day. Well, th- that was a couple weeks ago. Okay. But yeah, um, th- yeah, I've been going from... Play- you know, we were in New York. We did a, a premiere there with mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, who couldn't make the premiere here in Los Angeles last mm-hmm. week. Um, so we did one with Kevin Bacon and Liv Tyler there in uh, Boston. I was there. Wow. Places. <laughs> I'm going, cities. I'm Did going Steve Agee? Does Steve Agee get to go to any of these exotic places? Steve Agee, we try to keep him away from as many places as possible. <laughs> Steve, Steve Agee says the word. I- <laughs> <Steve>. <laughs> hey guys, Steve Agee, it's the Steve Agee. comic book guy. You never, you never know who's Super. gonna drop by I'm, unless so unless they text you and ask if they can come take pictures. Um, uh, which, it's which crazy Steve though did. that you got Steve actually calling a kid an asshole on camera because he does that in real life all the time. Yeah, all Steve just time. improvised that. that. Is, that kid is my nephew, actually. And is he? <laughs> yeah, though? he's my ne- my nephew. No, and is he an asshole? 
He's an asshole. He's yeah, like, yeah. He's eight years old. Of course, he's an yeah, asshole. He's a typical, but my, uh, typical asshole. But my my sister was actually an extra on that day, and I said, you know, I need a kid to uh, have Steve Age. He's gonna he's gonna call Rain Wilson a cunt right in front of the kid. <laughs> you know, Beth, do you think that's okay? And she's like, yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be fine. So um, Steve, but she says, hopefully he'll forget it. So in the movie, Steve Agee calls Rain Wilson a cunt and then hands uh, my, my nephew uh, Griffin a comic book stack and calls him an asshole. And my sister's driving home that night, and she says to Griffin, you know, how was your day? And she said, what was that thing that man was saying? <laughs> what a, what a, and he couldn't remember what it was. And my sister's like, shoot, I dodged a bullet. That's great. And a week later, he's driving. This is totally true. A week later, they're driving down the street. And he's like, Mommy, I remember what he said. He said, what a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray, Steve Agee. It's a new fun word. (laughs) It is a fun word. (laughs) It really is. Why, I used it in an elevator just today. That's how fun it is. So harsh with the American accent, though. If I just had the British lilt, it would make it so much more charming and acceptable than it actually is. It just sounds too German with the American accent. (laughs) (laughs) Cunt! That was was Captain Kirky. Yeah, yeah. Is Cunt an evil supervillain that you're trying to stop? Cunt! Yes. The Crimson Cunt. The Crimson Cunt. That's what her name should have been. Oh, that's her superhero name. She should have brought it up as an idea. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, I would have liked that. Um, so, how did this movie? How did this movie? Oh, first of all, uh, great job on Slither. What a fucking ah, great movie Slither. that was. Oh my and god! And he brought back Michael Rooker from Slither, which yes. is great. Yes, yes. I have a bunch of people. Rooker is in Slither. He's also in Super. Nathan Fillion's in both Slither and Super. Uh, Greg Henry's in both Slither and Super. So. And uh, Rob Zombie also. Rob Zombie yeah. is in both Slither and Super. That's true. That's I, true. I, I saw Rob the other night, and, he, and I said, oh, I'm doing this thing this Sunday night with James Gunn. He's like, oh, ask him about how uh, – ask him – see if you can figure out which voice I am because uh, he pops up. Like yes. he does something in each one of the movies. Yeah, how, did, yeah. how did you guys uh, hook up? Uh, Rob Zombie uh, uses my composer, Tyler Bates, on all of his films, and mm-hmm. we sort of just met through Tyler. And um, and we hit it off, you know, and so I asked him to do a role in uh, Slither and he was very accommodating. He came in and did, it was just a voice. He plays a doctor on the phone uh, talking to Elizabeth Banks and he's very excited. He's very humble about it. And he gave me a book of the Devil's Rejects artwork and he, pl- he, he wrote in it, you know, thanks for giving me the role in the movie. I really don't mind if you cut me out. And that's sort of like Rob's attitude about everything. But yeah. he's, he's great. He's great. Yeah, I, I actually didn't. It, I actually didn't peg him in this movie. Someone had to tell me yeah. who he was. I'm yeah. like, oh yes, now I hear it. He's God. He's the voice of God. He, he's the vo- I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was the voice of God. Yeah. Uh, so how did this movie? How did the, how did Super come together? When did, when did you write it? How, what was the? How, how did it work? Well, I wrote the screenplay back in 2002. I was originally writing it as a as a short film, and it just sort of kept pouring out of me. I wrote 57 pages in one day, and that was Jesus. my first draft. And uh, then I said, okay, I'll turn this into a feature. Um, 2004, uh, I had a producer, Chuck Roven, who produced the Dark Knight films. He was going to produce the movie then, but we couldn't agree on a lead actor with the people that were financing it. Um, the only person I really thought could do it at the time was John C. Riley, and he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't considered a big enough actor in 2004 to do the movie, so we couldn't even offer it to him. Um, so I let go of it. I did Slither instead. Actually, I wrote Slither as something to sell while I did Super. 
And um, the, the guy who was producing that wanted me to direct it. So I'm like, okay, that's a bird in the hand. I did that. Almost did Super again in 2008. And it uh, didn't happen for a bunch of reasons. And then two years ago, my ex-wife, Jenna Fisher, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm still very close with, called me up. And she said, um, you know, why aren't you doing that script Super? That's my favorite script of yours. I really love that movie. I really think you should do it. And I said, well, it's an esoteric film. It's very dark. It's hard getting all the financing and doing it the way I want to do it. And we can't find somebody for the lead actor. And she said, have you ever thought of Rain? And I've known Rain for five years. And I was like, wow, that works. Rain was really perfect for it. And um, I like the idea of taking somebody who people see in a certain way and sort of turning them around as a performer and having people see them in a new way. And I thought that was something we could do with Super. Same thing with Ellen Page. So that was really where it started. Once Rain was on board, then we just didn't stop and kept going until we got it done. And I'm sure that Rain loved that too, of just being able to, you know, to play a non-Dwight Schrute Type, type I mean, character. yeah, Rain loved having a, a role that, you know, has dramatic elements to it, has comedic elements to it, in which you can also, like, shoot a bunch of people in the yeah. face. He loves that. <laughs> I want to put that past the character of Dwight Schrute, though. Yeah. Wanna... yeah. <laughs> Rain is such a phenomenal actor, and, and uh, I mean, it's he was so great. He was so great in this movie. He's amazing in the movie. I mean, there's a scene at the beginning where he's praying to God, and it's a very funny scene. But it's also extremely sad. And that when he nailed that scene at the beginning, that was on the second day of shooting, I knew that you know we really had something very special with his performance. And he is absolutely stunning in the film. So yeah, it was really great. Although I will I will say I want people to listen. It is not a kids movie. Like don't take little kids no. to see the movie. Thinking if have you did you guys all see it? All you guys see it? Yeah. Did you see it that? Is. Did you see that? Uh, I'm gonna say he was nine or ten year old. Go get co- coke and then come back to the movie. Did you say oh, go really? get coffee. That nine year old's like, I need some coffee. Well, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like I was like, oh, he's enjoying this. I'm sure. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's a very I, dark film. It really. Yeah. really it, I saw it's those. unrated. I mean, it's not. It's an unrated movie. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's totally unrated. Yeah. I guess. I guess I understand that. I mean, what's what was so what's so fun about watching it is just. So much shit happened in the movie that I did not see coming at all. Or like, holy shit. That never happens. Like, it's just the kind of shit that you never see happen in a movie where something gets... You, ah, fuck, I don't want to give anything away, but just where you go, oh, well, this part will work out in this way, and yeah. none of that well, happens. Yeah, I, I think we really wanted to make a movie where you didn't know what, you really truly don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, no matter what you say about Super, nobody walks into the movie and knows where the movie is going to end. Right. We try to take you through twists and turns, so you really don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, well, there was a scene that, it was online, so I'm not really giving anything away, oh, it was yeah. the, the, the line cutter, the line butter. Yeah, sure. Uh, but like the amount of time you spend on the guy's face after his uh, skull starts to split yeah. is like some of the perfect parts of the movie where you just stay on the gore for just a little too long and that's what makes it really fucking awesome and uncomfortable yeah i mean i think we have all these superhero movies where you know things are blowing up and people are getting knocked unconscious and getting back up and we don't ever see the actual repercussions of violence <laughs> i don't want to die we show it. yeah we, that's a that's a that's a guy. That guy actually has. He was there the other night. He has no arms in real life. That was oh, a guy. Oh, now I we, feel even better for laughing yeah. at him. <laughs> Seth Rogen has a, had a special screening of the movie last week, and we sat next. My girlfriend Mia Matsumia was sitting in the front row there, and I sat next to Seth during the movie. And he, you know, he's got that very distinctive, like, <laughs> <laughs> and during all of like the sickest parts including the guy without yeah. the arms yeah. who Rain shoots twice after yes. he begs for his life. Um, that really is kind of... But whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's just giggling hysterically. Yeah, it's great. 
The only person in the theater too that's like giggling hysterically. That's that's the kind of stuff I like though. Like uh, me and my girlfriend Deanna, like we, we like we grew up on horror movies. So every time there's like insane fucked up gore, we just go yes. We turn in, <laughs> we, you know, we just uh, but we turn was... into Brendan Fraser going. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so full of joy, we're just so into it. But it's, I wouldn't even say that it's gore, though, because when I think of gore, I think of stuff that doesn't seem real because yeah. it's so crazy. Yeah. And but, but <laughs> the shit that is in the movie is so creepily realistic. I mean, like there's a there, there's one scene where. Um, uh, you know where they where you and oh, fuck I don't know I hope this isn't giving too much away where he basically he rains having a vision and then the top oh, of his that's head not gets, giving it, yeah there, where, his... the, where the top of his skull comes off and Matt used to work in a funeral home and he goes yeah that's pretty much what that looks like <laughs> <laughs> guys got that right <laughs> yeah that's uh, Todd Masters is a guy who does he did all my uh, special my uh, makeup effects for Slither and for nice. Super and he does a great job and we do a lot of things where we mix visual effects and uh, practical effects. Yeah. And that seems to be a way in which we can get effects that look real, that people yeah. don't know what it is. Or which is rare. Happen. Rare that anyone does that anymore, even like That's, bothering doing practical effects. No, yeah. People try to do it all that way or people do it all the other way. It doesn't like, it. you know. There's like a, that looks so much better than Ray Liotta and Hannibal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, well, on. it's like you think about like uh, like the reboot of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and then there's a scene where he kind of is coming out of the wall and they did that it, practically in the original and then they did it digitally uh, in the remake yeah. and that seems stupid because they had already done it 20 years before that practically so it seems like it would be even easier to do it now yeah. it's just a pointless thing to do digitally and that's why I think there's, there's points to being digital and there's points to being practical but there's like great ways to just combine it there's no reason not to. I don't yeah, that's. I mean, I think that the combination is really. You know, there's a lot of people online who are always arguing about practical versus you know visual effects, but it really is using the best of both worlds to make something that looks as real as possible, yeah. as opposed to having some sort of religious belief in one or the other. Well, <laughs> it's and also just the idea that. You know, there's some parts where people are just getting hit with a fucking pipe wrench, and it just yeah. the sound of it is. It it just it hit me on such a deep molecular level where I'm like that is what that would sound yeah. like and it's yeah. so disturbing when you when you un involuntarily go oh uh. it was like the opposite of your reaction when people hang up phones and foley artists make them do things they don't do oh yeah that uh, yeah yeah I went on a, I went on a rant because on Dexter he answers his capacitive phone with a with a glove with a leather glove like, oh yeah or, or like when they when they when they hit a phone that made me furious yes uh. someone online Someone, I saw someone tweeted you saying like it's like actually no I've done it with a leather glove before. They said the latex glove. They latex did it with a latex glove. glove. Oh, wow. And then I went right back and go, but it wasn't a latex glove. It's when he has leather gloves on. <laughs> latex no. gloves just when he was in the kill room. <laughs> He's getting into his life after people zone. Stop. Yeah. I, what I don't like what, what has nothing to do with sound, but in, in movies people never say hello goodbye when they answer the phone. They just click never. The phone, yeah. They always yeah, yeah. They pick it up and it's like it's just so obviously they're trying to save time. Or someone yeah. hangs up on. Did we talk about this? Where someone hangs up on a cell phone and then you hear a dial tone. And you're like, you don't wouldn't hear you don't hear dial yeah. tones on the cell phone. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, I always say it when people answer the phone. In movies, I go, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, that's shitty. No one would ever do that. And then I was working with a guy once. He answered his phone. He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, you're a dick. <laughs> no, the person on the other phone was like, oh, I'm just calling to make sure you're still an asshole. All right, click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how was, uh, I mean, it, d when you were assembling the cast, yeah. so was Rain 
was he cast last? Did you have Ellen? Oh, no, 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 no. It was totally Rain first. Rain knew Ellen Page from Juno, so he gave her the script to look at, which I actually thought was a waste of time because I really thought it was going to be Rain and then, you know, you know, a few up-and-comers for the other roles. Um, but he said, no, 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 I'll give it to Ellen. Let's give her a chance. And she read it, and like a week later, she's like, I'm really interested in doing this script. We sat down. We had uh, lunch. We got along. She's a really smart young girl, and um, – and she said she wanted to do it. And we still couldn't get financing, by the way, because the movie's so dark and, uh, and creepy. How did you get it? Um, Liv Tyler, actually. Because then Liv Tyler came on board. And Aerosmith just- money. <laughs> 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 this movie looks sexy in a yeah. skirt. Uh, uh, thanks, Steven Tyler. I have, this, I have all this Here's money. $50 million. <laughs> I have all this money left over from the crazy video. <laughs> It's not weird at all. I made my daughter be a stripper in one of my videos. Come ride my roller coaster in Disney World. Play some Revolution X. Uh, so, yeah, but Liv Tyler, she's considered like she's, she's an international star because she's been in Lord of the Rings yep. and, uh, you know, Incredible Hulk and The Strangers and Armageddon and all these movies that have never heard of any of those. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like pretty popular movies, Man. and um, and so because of that, uh, you know, we finally got our financing with those those three actors, and um, and then, then, we, and then the we got bacon. Kevin, then we got Kevin Bacon. Nice. Kevin Bacon actually, I had another actor hired to play that role. Um, I never even talked to Kevin Bacon about it, and um, that actor ended up being very um, untrustworthy in okay. a way. He was disappearing and going to Russia, and I couldn't get a hold of him. Was it Charlie Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> it was John Cryer. Oh, what? no, no, no. <laughs> that would be amazing. No, it wasn't. It oh, my God. John Cryer as a, as a drug kingpin yeah, would be I fucking know. awesome. That would be great. It'd be like, yeah. what, if, what if it was the half man? You know, the kid. I don't know what his name is. I know there's two. And the there's half, half man. Whatever. That mutant boy they have on that show. <laughs> you know. The one that aged weird. It was that kid who played Corky on Life Goes On. Chris Burke. He was the original villain. Chris Burke. He has an album. He has a country album. Really? You can find Chris Burke. And incredible videos. Do they have videos for it? There are videos online of Chris Burke. Yeah, there's a a picture of him on the cover with a cowboy hat. Uh, Yeah, look it up. Chris Burke. You can get get him on eBay. (laughs) You can get him on eBay. I just bummed everybody out, didn't I? Oh, he really kept trying, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what, Jonah? Life goes on. (laughs) (laughs) It was right there. It was right there. It's good. (laughs) But yeah, so I I fired that guy um, because he was just giving me heart palpitations. And then I gave the script to Kevin, asked him to do it. And he said yes, and I was shocked. Oh, that's um, great. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's the cast. And then Nathan Fillion, of course. Oh, Fillion. So those guys are my friends, so they did it because... Fillion's so great. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he is great. He's an amazing guy. He's totally easy to work with. And every time I do anything with him, he always goes above and beyond. He uh, what I made coffee for us when we, he was on our podcast. He so gave me what, a, he gave what me are a you case do? for my iPhone. He gave me this case that is still on my <laughs> phone because he did not like the idea that my phone wasn't protected. Yes, yeah, really? Yeah. So he yeah. was like, then, no, no, here, take this case. Take this case. Yeah, he like, gave me right. the, like, then the he case goes into a closet, and he's like, you guys got iPads? Yeah. And then he goes, uh, here, take this. It's stylus. Don't, <laughs> a and I, I for, for a minute, I was like, he's going to give us iPads. Yeah. <laughs> he just got a closet of iPads. <laughs> and then like, he's had one, like, a stylus pen out for me. I was like, oh, I don't have one. Thanks, asshole. Uh, yeah, that's, he's a real friendly guy. That's how I met him in the, the men's bathroom at the Beverly Center. Oh, nice. uh, he was tapping on the, the floor next to me. And, <laughs> and that's he, how you know. He reached around. He you know, jerked me off a little. And I'm like, this is the nicest guy in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, <laughs> and he refers to his cock as a capacitive stylus. <laughs> <laughs> that's what 
you can use it on your iPad. Yeah. Technically, it is. Yeah, yeah, he fucked the Nerdist podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he, Nate, he, you know, it actually makes me feel bad. We go out to dinner with him all the time, and he's one of these guys who stands up every time a woman of leaves course. the table. Or oh, comes he's just back. showing off. He, he really is. Look at how tall I yeah, am. He, oh. But he does it sincerely, but it's sort of a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went to the bathroom right before he did, and, or somebody else did, and came back, and I'm just. Is he nice or just him. Canadian? <laughs> it's a com- he is truly a nice guy, He's, yeah. but he is Canadian too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you never so, know. You know what's so great? Uh, there were a couple of things that I that I really thought stood out. Number one, the juxtaposition of adorable things with yeah. absolutely horrific things. Yeah, that's it was just uh, like one second because the opening credits were um, done by this company that I know called Puny. Yes, they're yes. based in Minneapolis. Yes. They also work on Yo Gabba Gabba, yep. and they and they're fucking great. And the opening credit it's sequence so was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's a big animated dance scene. It's yeah. sort of it, like if anybody's ever seen Grease, I always, <laughs> when I was a kid. Anyone I ever see that? I always wanted to have, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to have animated credits like in Grease, you know, because yeah. I loved that when I was a kid. So I'm like, yeah, this is a perfect movie for it. A movie in which, you know, there's a female and male superhero rape. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Batman Returns all over again. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ex- yeah, except yeah. in that case, the audience felt like they were being right, raped. Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I don't get it. Well, who's Christopher Walken? Who is he supposed to be? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. What's that? What is he? Max Shrek. He's Max Shrek. <laughs> He's Max Shrek. <laughs> who was played by Billy D. Williams in Batman Returns. Yes. No, no. no Billy D. Williams was uh, Harvey Dent. No, he was Harvey Dent. Yeah. I said that way too confidently. <laughs> with way too much confidence that I proclaimed that I just want Billy D. Williams to play every role. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> so... Uh, um, what was the when when everyone first read like was was all of the uh, the the graphic stuff on the page? Yeah, completely. I mean, actually, in you know, I very you know specifically you know would describe exactly what the gore effects were and describe that they looked very real, which was different than than Slither because in Slither the gore is kind of like what you were talking about earlier. It's kind of over the top and explosive, and it's always very funny, and it's not it's it's more gory and less impactful Mm -hmm. and in this movie it really was about really feeling like it's real um so uh yeah that was all written out on the page the gore the all of it it's gushy it's which is uh ellen page (laughs) oh my god i will never get that line out of my head ellen page's new catchphrase why was i the only one that laughed in that theater and you know i was why was (laughs) i the only one that laughed that was funny (laughs) um so was there something in was there was there something in your head that you were like you know what I kind of want to make the jump from kind of fun gore to like real like really like fuck people up in a movie theater? You mean like in my career? Or? No, 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 no. I mean like like just artistically, you know. Artistically, yeah. I mean, I just felt drawn to the movie artistically in terms of making a. It really is a personal movie in a, one respect because I do relate to the main character of Frank a lot, you know. Um, and so it, it, it was something that I felt very drawn to, to make. And I didn't want to make it. A huge part of me, honestly, did not want to make this movie because we made it for a couple million bucks. I don't make any money off of it. Even in success, it does, I can't make that much money. And it was, um, you know, and I just, but I just kept coming back to it again and again and again. I couldn't leave it alone. It kept going through my head. And then when I tried to let it go, somebody like, you know, Jenna Fisher would come up and, you know, try to push me into making it. So, um, I, I didn't. I honestly didn't want to make the movie. I thought it was so dark and, and strange and non-commercial. But I, I'm really happy that I did. It, it was sort of like uh, returning my roots a little bit and being just completely creative 
and not being about what the, the Hollywood machinery is. So I felt good about it. So you really got to do whatever you wanted to do. I got to do I got to do a hundred percent whatever I wanted throughout the whole movie. That was the deal from the beginning was that I was going to do the movie the way I wanted to do it, or else I wasn't going to do it. Because when you make a movie for that low of a budget, you have this cast behind you that wants your vision on screen. Mm -hmm. Then you can kind of do whatever you want. But even down to like the songs, like that was a big fight. What the songs were in the movie, um, I had to really like you know just beg cheap trick to give us. You know, if you want my love. <laughs> Cheap for, trick, please. For 1500 yeah. bucks, they gave us that song. Oh, my you know, God. Or something like that. You know, something around that. Oh, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was because Liv Tyler went and took them the, uh, the, the, the video of her having sex with, with Rain, over which the song plays, and brought it backstage to Irv at the, the, the show in Irvine where the Cheap Trick was playing with Aerosmith to show it to them, See? to ask them to play. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. It all comes back. Here's a video of my daughter fucking a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a video of my daughter fucking Dwight. All right. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> That's like the thing is, this is the mo you're doing the most generic rock and roll voice. But I bet she's got her mother's vagina. All right, that's enough. Stephen Tyler, please. Stephen Tyler, come on. Come on. It does also sound a little bit like a sort of an Aunt Jemima voice. In a way. I gotta say, it's like there's a little bit of a, a loving an elevator with a delicious short stack of pancakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Nipsey Russell. It is a little bit, a little yeah. Nipsey Russell. It, you know, know, I feel bad because it's not sounding that way in my head. So I apologize <laughs> for any. Uh, you apologize to Nipsey. I'm sorry, Nipsey <laughs> Russell. It's Steven Tyler. That's all right, Chris. <laughs> now I'm doing it. Shit. <laughs> Um, did you, you said you had like a lot of control and it felt like kind of going back to your roots. Did it feel like back in the trauma days, like that you were just kind of doing whatever well, actually, you wanted? You know, not, I, you know, in some ways it was like the trauma days because we just had nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. Um, but in another way, trauma was very disorganized and I wasn't. Really? You're kidding. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? No, I've been on their website. Trauma it's films. <laughs> They're super organized. Yeah. Wait, are, are the website where it's like drippy, still drippy yeah. HTML? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a flying toaster passes the it's, screen. It's an, it's an angel fire. <laughs> you can go to an angel fire. Yeah. Uh. So, I mean, you know, it was it, so it was much. It was much. And I didn't have control at trauma. I was, you know. Second in command after Lloyd when I was making movies there. So it was uh, it was really about even, you know, before that, in some ways, just being able, when I was making, you know, like student films and being able to do that and do whatever I wanted and, and take risks and do something experimental. And uh, um, yeah, and so, make things really depressing and make things really <laughs> depressing yeah, but in, a, in, a, in, a, in a really great way. Is it weird now that now you've gotten this piece of work out of your head? Is there just an empty space there? Or did something else crawl in to like yeah, take no, over your obsession? No, did you something know. slither into oh, your Oh, Jonah. Oh, ah. Jonah. Kapow. Hashtag rad. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, actually, it was really, I mean, quite honestly, I did slither. And I enjoyed, you know, a lot of the process of doing slither. But when I got to the end of it, I suddenly was transitioning from being a screenwriter to being a director. And when you're a director, you really lose your life. I mean, you have no life for about a year. And um, I was really questioned whether I wanted to ever make another movie again. Um, because I, you know, I was happy with the product, but it was rough. And uh, I like life. I like hanging out with my friends. I like doing other stuff. I like reading comic books and doing all these things. And so I did. Weirdo. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. 
And um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. But it was really uh, super kind of brought me back into a, a, a creative way of thinking and thinking in a different way. And so I've, I've already finished another screenplay. I've got another movie coming out that I did with the Fairley Brothers, mm -hmm. which is like a bunch of comedy directors doing different shorts. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Oh. yeah. And uh, got a video game coming out. So it's like I, I kind of have found this like stream of creativity that was really good for me. And I think a lot of it came from doing super, from kind of opening myself up and sort of cleansing my brain palate in a way. Well, what was your ideal career when you were in, you know, when you were starting out? Like, what did what did you want to see happen? Uh, I, th I think I always, what I cared about is really what I cared about with super. It was, I always wanted to be, you know, I wanted to make a living off of what I was doing, but I, what I really care about is not having a, a, a you know, a whole, I, 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 I want to speak to some people, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think so many movies today are about speaking to all four quadrants and you have to please everybody with everything. And for me, it's really important to go back to the artwork that I loved as a kid, the stuff that spoke to me, stuff like David Cronenberg or Alice Cooper or The Clash or things that were not meant for everybody. Mm -hmm. They were things that spoke to me and, and being a weird little kid from Manchester, Missouri, where I was a complete oddball and outcast, it made me feel less alone. So having things where I really maybe speak powerfully to some people as opposed to, you know, speaking broadly to everybody. And, and what's great is that I feel like, you know, now we're at a now our culture is so uh, niche oriented that you can do that and survive. Yeah, but when, in the movie business, it's gotten harder because independent film has sort of dried up. It's very difficult to put movies into theaters at all. I mean, Super is going like on demand, you know, April 13th. And that's the way we're financially able to do all of this mm -hmm. um, is through going on to TV. Um, do you so, not like that? Do you not like there's just uh, the fact that it's not going to be on a smaller screen for the first time for a lot of people? Um, I am very grateful that we have a very large potential audience for the film, and that's more important to me than being, you know, a movie in a theater. But, you know, like any filmmaker, I kind of miss the days where it's like there were independent films that could play forever in theaters. And, you know, there, a movie like E.T. could come out and it makes a couple million dollars the first weekend and a little bit more the next. And I mean, that's one of the problems, too. It's like at all movies now, you know, they make a third to a half of the money they make on opening weekend. Um, and it's like this herd mentality, which means the movie doesn't have to be any good. The trailer needs to be good, and the idea needs to be good, but the movie doesn't need to be any good. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's de that's depressing to me. And I feel like an old man saying that movies today aren't as good as they used to be, but there's an actual specific reason that movies are not as good as they used to be. Even you know in the 80s, 90s, even the early 2000s, it's different. Do you think you'll be able to, uh, you know, if someone came along and they're like, oh, we want you to direct this huge commercial comic book movie and it wasn't kind of what you wanted to do would you be able to go back to you know working under someone and having to do what a studio would say or do you are you going to keep pursuing this path um the next thing i'm doing is probably sort of an in-between thing it's 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 more of a studio project but it's it's not so expensive if if, if i do what i want to do next um I've had people, I've had, you know, whatever, the, the big comic book guys come to me and want me to make different movies of different superheroes. Um, and it's just never spoken to me. If someone comes to you with a governator, turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I thought that was a joke when I read about yep, it. Yep, I was like, oh, it's very close to April 1st. This probably came out then. People are picking it up now. And nope, that's real. It's true? Yeah. yeah. Stan Lee yeah. and, Stan Lee and oh, Schwarzenegger are getting together to make the Governor comic series. I was on fighting crime while I was governor, maybe secretly. <laughs> That's a good Stan Lee. Then you're, you're just <laughs> <laughs> Excelsior. 
<laughs> Greetings, true believers. <laughs> well, if it's, if it's as good as Stripperella, then we're all in for something <laughs> special. Uh, <laughs> Peter Parker's always been my favorite. <laughs> Boy, you were just a Fred Travelina this whole time. <laughs> I have no idea what what comic uh, impersonation skills. Right there, we, right I mean, there. we've worked together for over a year, and I've never <laughs> seen this come out. Now well. do Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Excelsior! <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as your Stanley. <laughs> um, you were the writer of the uh, remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Which is uh, in my top Such five. Such a fucking great movie. In my Thanks. top five zombie movies of all time. Thank you. Out of ten. Out of the ten you've seen. I don't know. No, no. no I've, seen, I've seen way too many. Jonah, Jonah's an, ins- an insane obsessed. Way too many. Obsessed. Way too many. And what I, are the other ones in your top five? Uh, well, number one is. Let's uh, compare. Uh, wait, what? We'll compare. We'll see. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do like. Uh, I'll start from number one and go to five. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, original Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Number two. Remake Night of the Living Dead, directed by Tom Savini, who did the effects for all the original ones. Wow. Not that bad. It's actually it's pretty I fucking saw, good. I saw it. I, you didn't like it? I no. For me, it's number one is the original Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's like yeah. the first one. It's it's you can't. Like, he created it there, man. I know, I know, thing. but I, I really... And I, that ending is awesome. The ending is great. So it's, it's, cool. very, it's very graphic, very real. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really, I judge my, like, favorite movies over, like, rewatchability. Yeah. It's, like, stuff I right. can just toss on at any time. Do you, get, do you count 28 Days Later as a zombie I don't. Movie? It's an outbreak movie. <laughs> 28 Days Later is not a zombie movie. It is an outbreak but movie. But see, you can't really... <laughs> see, I say it's a zombie movie, but, but it doesn't matter. There's no such, like... There's no like reality of it being. Don't a you movie fucking say that. Um, <laughs> Romero started an idea, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna follow along Romero, and then I, and then and then Max Brooks uh, perfected that idea. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> Romero Newbrixian zombie fanatic is what I like okay. to call myself. All so right, what's your fine. third movie? Okay, third movie is uh, remake Don. Okay. Uh, fourth is Sean, and okay. and. Uh, <laughs> And fifth is Return of the Living Dead. Your Return, yeah, that's yeah, that, which that, that, I didn't. That's very close to my top five. That's yeah, what is your, do you do you have a, do you? Do you? Um, I, I would say, well, I would include Twenty Eight Days Later as a zombie movie, even though the filmmaker himself says it's not a zombie movie. Yeah, so it's if like you're gonna, they're guys that are <laughs> basically dead that are eating people. So it's like you sounds know, like zombie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's you know there's no in in our in the remake of Dawn of the Dead, it's not necessarily not a virus. We don't give that. We don't give that reason in that movie. It, it, the, yeah, the, come this on, is Joe. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Yeah. But, the, but the fact that it's uh, you know you still have the same yeah. title as the 1978 <laughs> classic. Um, it, but it's a, it's a, it's you know it came from monkeys. It was just it's and it's a rage virus. It's like you know they. I've, I've never told anybody. I've never t- I, I can win this conversation. I've never told anybody this till now. But in the in my remake of Dawn of the Dead, it also comes from monkeys. Really? Boom! Oh, oh here, wait! Headshot, motherfucker! Check it out! Point gun. I just made that up just to win. Uh, <laughs> but but I it's mine. I can do that. I Don't can do that. You want to get off my top five? My top five. Which brings me to my point: Zombaby. The Zombaby yeah. is a part that I just like a fuck like I was molested by that moment, and I block it out because it just it makes me laugh, and I think it's I think it's like really funny, but I hated it. Uh, oh, I got all I got all nerdy about it. I was like, that doesn't make sense. The <laughs> Zombaby, it's a digital thing that just goes wah, and then they kill it. 
I if, if, I, if I had a couple of hours to explain some basic, you know, chemistry and biology to you, I could explain exactly why. I get the it. Tom baby is real. I get it. I'm dumb. <laughs> it's so realistic. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> because other than that, the movie wait, is totally I, 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 scientifically I, accurate. It <laughs> is. It can happen. I'm confused about how zombies aren't <laughs> outbreaks. In general, just because they once you're they're, you're bitten, you then become a zombie. Yes, like it's transferred. They don't like come a, out. That's the thing. It's that's transferred the like a vi- virus, though, right? Yes, it's transferred like a virus. That's the problem. With, that's Sounds the like an outbreak. Ten- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is an outbreak. I'm very confused. It is an outbreak. As to what but it's not them. a rage virus, oh, okay. which is what is in. Uh, Listen, days guys. Later. He convinced <laughs> me. This is something. This is a conversation I've been but, wanting to have for Jonah, years. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah, it, it's. I, I remember because um, uh, I, I knew Steve. I knew Steve Niles who did Thirty Days a Night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Steve said that there was a whole other uh, mythology around the zombie, like being this, like growing up to become this king, this sentient king of the zombies. Oh, like it's, like like, like Tony thing is gonna have a cognitive like, like, thought. That like, doesn't make sense. No, no, no. He, that doesn't make sense. Right? Like uh, like like, 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 like in Star Trek the Motion Picture. No, 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 no. The Borg. No, more like more like Tony Randall's Gremlin and Gremlins Two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this got. There's like so many ovaries are drying up. That's so great. many ovaries are drying up. That's my favorite Gremlins movie, though. Yeah, that was so good. Gremlins 2 is the it best. Was awesome. Yeah. No, that's Joe Dante going, oh, you want a sequel of the Gremlins? <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> Fuck and you. Get, and then he gets some Gremlins 2, and you're like, that's a good joke. We still have to put it out. Uh, yeah. No, no, and then the film's going to break, and then it's going to be the Gremlins, and then the Hulk Hogan's going to get up. And then they did a re- uh, version of for uh, the VHS. <laughs> it's fucking great. If you guys haven't watched Gremlins in a long time, it's great. It's, it's fucking great. it's meta uh, like meta filmmaking. Yeah. At its so best. are the Gremlins when they eat after midnight? Are those zombie versions of the fluffy Gremlins? Is that? Oh shit. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what if that's? Mean, what that if they eat rage? Top five <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this stands pretty. This stands pretty solid. <laughs> and you're on it. So fucking take it. Take yeah. it. <laughs> James uh, Point and uh, James Gunn. What? Oh! What? He's a guest. He gets it hasn't way. been decided. <laughs> this was this. My one. best friend James Gunn and I will talk about this for years. <laughs> I know. It, you guys trade numbers. You'll just get a text in a week like some baby indeed. Yeah. I've gotten you know hundreds of emails explaining to me. You know that th- you know things that are like you know unrealistic in uh, Dawn of the Dead, um, yeah. Which is always to me, it's like huh, what? It's like I've had this argument a million <laughs> times. I, I did I did the voice of a of a cow on Nickelodeon, and he's a male cow with udders, and people are like there's no such thing as a male cow with udders. I'm like animals don't fucking talk. Like I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. Where do you want to suspend your disbelief? Wait a second. So Wait says a, guy I who got, got mad about capacitive touchscreens like ten minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that you know what. That is irritating. Because <laughs> <laughs> there really could be a serial killer who hunted, ser- who hunted murderers. Okay. No. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, all right. Dexter's real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the dark passenger is real. That is, that is the hardest part about uh, arguing about zombies, though, because everyone has it in their head, the facts. They have, they yeah. have the dreams, yeah. and they think about it, and like, you know, they know what they're going to do if it all comes down. And then you're arguing about some, to somebody about fucking fantasy, yeah, yeah. about nothing that exists. I have gotten – this is absolutely true. I had death threats because of fast-running zombies. Really? Yes. It can't happen, though. It to- what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He said can. He said it can. can. It can happen. Yeah, it, He's yeah. explained this no, to no, me. No. Yeah, well, it can. <laughs> Numerous times. <laughs> it can happen. Yeah. I love how seriously you take it. It's much more serious. Well, no, it's fun. It's like, 
Here it is. It is fun, but it's like, yeah, but seriously, it's like, I don't, I don't give a shit whether you like slow zombies or fast zombies. Better just, you know, I like them both. No, no, I like, I think that. It's like, watch, I like vampires and werewolves too. Yeah, exactly. They're two different things. That's why they fight each other. (laughs) (laughs) James Gunn likes me more. Fast zombies can happen as slow slow zombies. The thing is, like, uh, when, uh, when you're infected with a zombie virus, uh, not rage, <laughs> not rage, We're not rage. With the zombie virus, uh, the thing is, you still have all of your same muscle mass, so you're gonna want to get. The thing to is, you want. I like that phrase. The thing is, yeah. like it's a. The fake thing is, you're gonna have all the muscle you have in your body right now to like okay. get what you want, and you're so you're gonna go as fast as your body is able to go. But the thing is, you're dead. So as you start to run, you're gonna wear down your muscles, and then they're not gonna regenerate. They're not gonna grow back. They're not gonna mm. get stronger. Yeah. So as they as your muscles start to die down from all the stuff, you're, this is fucking real. <laughs> I'm very upset about all the fucking looks I'm getting. <laughs> I just, I, I, just, glasses. I, I just see I your just, faces. I envision, I, I envision an angry, sweaty Jonah like making a field guide to zombies with all those like Darwinian drawings and like you muscles decomposing. It. Oh man, that, that was, was like a brain. So much. Fun. Sorry, sorry. I know, I know. You, I, I, I've known other guys that like I've talked to that have directed uh, zombie movies, and uh, they uh, stop liking me after a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but I'm done. I, I like a, it. I like it. I think yeah. it's, it's it's a fun uh, conversation. There's nothing wrong with a healthy zombie debate between <laughs> friends. <laughs> it's perfectly James, normal. You sounded like you sounded like the, like you were like at a table signing autographs, and the guy's talking. You're like, no, no. It's a fun <laughs> conversation <laughs> to have. Not tired of it at all. Here, I have my movie. Will you watch it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll watch that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll take that. There you go. <laughs> See, I took, I took your style and put it one step further. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, he's, he's changed his car engine to power off of their movies. I'll just burn it. <laughs> so we want to, uh, I want to take a couple questions from the audience. Bef- uh, uh, and so the three best questions will each get uh, a super uh, CD signed by uh, Mr. James Gunn. It's, and, just and it's just a mix he made. It's and, just a super and, and, CD. And signed by Tyler Bates. And signed by Tyler Bates, the, uh, who did the, 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 the composer. Motion, the score as well. Awesome. So uh, are, there any, are there any questions? Oh, uh, we got, I see some hands. I see a hand. I don't. All right, you'll have to come forward, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring the mic to you. Uh, up here, sir, so we can get you for the podcast audience. Hmm. Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm sorry. You, the guy that looks I'm like he's into horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what is your name, sir? Uh, Matt. All right, Matt. What is your question? Um, I noticed in the credits that a lot of the songs were written by you. Um, in the original draft, uh, were did you go into writing the draft with the songs already, or how far into the process did did those songs come about? Okay, I got this. I got this. Why is that never not funny to me? Why is that always funny? Um, the uh, the truth is the songs that were written by. I used to play in a band called the Icons, and we we needed songs just for filler. Like there's a prom at the beginning, and there's we just needed music in the deep background. That's all that is in terms of the music I wrote. There's deep background music, and I knew that I could use my own songs for free. So that's why I did that. Um, the uh, uh, Was that the whole question? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right? But that- a lot of the songs in the movie I wrote the screenplay to, like the animation sequence at the beginning. Like when I first wrote the screenplay back in 2002, that's a band called uh, Czar, and that's a song called Calling All Destroyers. And I actually wrote the whole animated sequence to that song back then. And I get very stuck on songs. So most of the music in the movie we picked out ahead of time. And we also, you know, like even on, on set, we would play 
the songs while we were shooting those montage sequences to kind of have things move in the right direction. And the one other weird thing is we actually did part of the score um, before we ever shot. All the stuff you hear at the end of the movie, we actually played that music on set that Tyler Bates and I worked on before we ever shot the film to kind of get give it the same feel. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Japanese horror movie Haosu also had a soundtrack before the movie was ever made. Shut and, up, shut and, up, nerd. And uh, Ennio Morricone and, and Sergio Leone. That's yes, they, exactly. That's yeah. Um, yes, sir, in the shark sweatshirts. Shirts? I don't know how plural works. Hey, that's an Alex Party shirt, man. Oh, that's nice. Alex's. That's Alex's yeah. shirt. I know Alex. I have that same sweats, uh, but but it's gray. Mine Alex great. Alex Party gave me. A, he had done a post. We we nerded out about the Bat Boy one, the Bat Child, who yeah, was in yeah. Weekly World News for years and years. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I have this panel that I painted a long time ago. It's just the Bat Child, and he. I have an it's Alex in Party. His office. Yeah, wow. of, of the of Alex's uh, painted the Bat Child. Um, anyway, this is about you. <laughs> He's just um, sorry. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't care. This yeah. other time, yeah, cool. I was you eating this really sandwich, cool. and it was really yeah. good. No, that's, and the that's turkey awesome. was moist. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. What Must do you be. want? Oh, questions. What's your name? Sam. Uh, Hi, I'm, Sam. Hello. <laughs> I'm a really huge fan of the band Monster. Yeah, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. One of my favorite bands. And I noticed in the end credits of the movie, there is a version of of a monster song that seems like it was recorded specifically for the movie. That's exactly right. And that's from a band that broke up years ago. So was that was that made specifically for this? Did they get back together, or was it just Anders? It's just Anders. So Anders Venden is the lead singer of Monster. He's He plays under the name Money Brother today in Sweden. I'm a huge fan of Swedish music. We have lots of Swedish music in the movie. We have uh, Abba, Monster. Abba. <laughs> we have 12 Abba songs. Then we have Monster. <laughs> we have uh, Money Brother. We have The Ark. We have the Nomads, all these Swedish bands, and uh, I met Anders on MySpace and asked him if we could use a song because I wrote the. I'm the sorry, montage. what? <laughs> this is back. Well, it's a while ago. What's that? And uh, but he, he, so we used his song uh, "God Knows My Name," the monster song for the montage. But there's also a Money Brothers song in there that he gave us off his newest album, and he recorded a special version of "God Knows My Name" uh, for the end of, of the, the the movie. Yeah. I think that deserves a CD right oh! there. That was a. Is the song on the CD? Because that's fucking meta. I gotta be honest. You know, I've been to a lot of panels, and when someone gets up and they have a question that's about a very specific piece of information, it's it's not always. You're awesome. giving away your secrets. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Then I'm people sorry. will know how to win now the other Sam's That was an go excellent, to every that was an excellent question. Um, there's yes, sir. There's there's a question back here. Come. come Come forward and be heard. What is your name? He's from, he's from Hawaii. I am. You are. I'm from Hawaii. Yeah. Really didn't associate that. How did you, that. How did you know that? Hi. How did we? We. I've met him before. We were friends. Um. Uh. He's from Hawaii. His dad was actually in a punk band that I was really into, uh, called the Squids. Yes. It was like a legendary Hawaii punk band. And his and his dad. One of those legendary Hawaii punk bands. Fuck you. They only use twelve Fuck. letters. Only use twelve letters to rebel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy that does Somewhere Over the Rainbow, you know, and then uh, all your punk that's, fans. That's, that's, that's Hawaii that's music. Israel Kamakavika Ole. Right? <laughs> Brada is. Is, is. Yeah, yeah I know about it. Yeah, I got beat up in high school or uh, in middle school because. Uh, you could have just stopped right there. The day, yeah. <laughs> the day after uh, Brada is, everyone is the guy Israel Kamakavika Ole. He, he died and uh, everyone called him Brada is. And the day after he died, uh, someone was like, oh, did you hear about Brada Is? I was like, do you mean Brada was? <laughs> 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 it 
Yeah, too bad they he didn't appreciate a good joke. Meta. Yeah, a good joke. That's not then meta. I feel I some fat fucking fingers poking <laughs> on my shoulder. No, 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 worse. Oh. Because they were Samoan and violent. <laughs> Did uh, what, well, what I only know Samoans from wrestling. <laughs> I only know Samoans from the from what Jonah, Jonah has described on this show. You're not painting a nice picture of these. No, people. I know. I'm very racist when it comes <laughs> to that. Because so. he got beaten very up racist. a lot. All right, what is your question? Um, my uh, first of all, I just want to commend you on the awesome image of a Burning Man getting stabbed. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the movie. I almost fell out of my chair when <laughs> I saw that. It was pretty yeah. fucking funny. That you have, you have uh, our producer is uh, Ted Hope who. Uh, has worked on a lot of movies, you know, Happiness, American Splendor, and he's a producer of Super. And, and at one point, I almost dropped that scene from the movie, and he, he convinced me to keep it. So I'm you glad you did. Yeah. Ted also thanks for I, that. I do have a question, though. Um, it's kind of a nerdy filmmaking question, but sure. um, I'm wondering if the choice for the handheld uh, camera work was kind of due to the budget, or was that, do you want to go for that gritty, kind of like 70s look? The second one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. It was always it, I always wanted to show a superhero from a completely different CD angle, and there was always, the, you know, I always wanted to do it handheld. I always wanted to do it very gritty and down to earth with sort of a cinema verite style, and um, I, that I just wanted to show the superhero from a completely different angle than we've seen him before. Excellent. Uh, what was you. the shot on? What was the shot on? The red. The red. The red one, which is kind Jonah of Jonah loves the, the red. Ass. It's a very yeah. heavy camera, actually. And our Whoa. guy, Steve Gaynor, our cinematographer, who had to carry it. Because in a normal movie, you do between like 12 and 20 setups a day. We did between 45 and 54 camera oh, setups every single day. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And, How um, long was the shoot? 24 days. God, 24 days. Yeah. And it so would have been faster if you got some running zombies. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Steve Gaynor was a hardworking guy. I think I crippled him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there any other questions? Yes, sir. Yeah, um, Ste- come, up, come up to the mic. <laughs> Could have easily held the microphone to his face. <laughs> nope. You're making him walk Actually, around. it doesn't stretch. It won't, it won't. Oh, yeah, it totally would have. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> Sit <laughs> back down. Sit back down. Sit back down. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I have a weird disorder. I can't judge cord lengths. Um, <laughs> You're a girl. What? what? They don't. They're a spatial reasoning. They don't understand Boy, it. D- I'm gonna- sorry. My girlfriend broke my car. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, <laughs> you, can't, you don't want the you don't want the crowd to turn on you. It's science. All right. Uh, what is your question? Um, I kind of noticed, like during during the the movie, it's like there's just this amazing balance between like really like nice little like sweet kind of poignant little scenes, and then like fucking brutality. Yeah. Like, I just you kind of touched it's on life, it man. It's life. <laughs> it's fucking life. Take well, the good yeah, with the yeah. bad, bro. Yeah. <laughs> The guy that spikes the mic unwarranted. You take the good, you take the bad. (laughs) There you have the facts of life. Hashtag truth. Hashtag Uh, the facts. Are you guys gonna shut the fuck up and let this guy finish his question? Put that mic down. I don't want to see your mouth near that microphone for five minutes. Um, I just you kind of touched on it before, but it's just like, how did you manage to strike that balance? Was that like a like a conscious thing that you were going for yeah i mean i I get a kick out of like touching as many parts of myself as as i can (laughs) at the time and uh so it's it's you know i'm also very influenced by asian cinema 
and going back to like you know Johnny, Johnny Toes, yeah, like that. <laughs> Johnny Toes Heroic Trio, which is a movie I don't know if anybody's ever seen about three superhero women, and uh, it'll change in one scene. It'll have the girls slaughtering infants, and the next scene it's like a slapstick comedy, and the next season it's like a Douglas Sirkian melodrama, all within one movie. And I don't go that far, but it's like I like the idea of different tones and different genres, you know, inter intersecting in a way that we're not used to seeing. And the thing I specifically like is to feel something that's funny and sad at the same time and to be sort of uncomfortable with that. Um, so like, you know, like Rain's Prayer at the beginning is a yeah. perfect example that of that. Perfect, it did. And, and also I, I felt this constant uh, sort of like sympathy battle watching, you know, like Rain. Like all your main characters are not all good. Yeah, they're like they're they're you feel bad for them and then all of a sudden they're super fucked they're psychos. up. Psychos, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that that was you know in a lot of ways there, there are a couple of movies that that reminded me that one is Breaking the Waves if you've ever oh, seen yeah, this yeah, movie yeah, in which yeah. the girl is on a mission from God and she's her mission from God is to get raped by a bunch of guys basically yeah. it's really hardcore and then the other one is uh, Unforgiven actually mm -hmm. if you ever see Unforgiven Edward Money at the end of the movie. Um, he just starts blowing people away. And because it's Clint Eastwood, like, we're really rooting for him. But another part of us is going, wow, I'm not really sure those guys <laughs> deserve to get mowed down in the way they're being mowed down. And he shoots little Bill in the face, who's basically kind of trying to protect his town. He's kind of brutal about it. But it's not like it's a black and white thing. And even the reason why Edward Money is hired, he kills that kid that's, you know, um, didn't really do anything. So yeah. it's... Uh, it's, it's about playing with those shades of gray and that morality in a way where we don't really know exactly what is right or wrong. And also, like, you know, like you talk about the line butting scene when the guy butts in line. We hate this guy. We want to see him get his ass kicked. And then we see, you know, Rain Wilson hit him in the face with the wrench. And we're like, whoa, I, I wanted to see him get his ass kicked. And I don't know if I like I do like it. I do kind of <laughs> like it. But it's, it, I feel kind of wrong about it. And then he hits his girlfriend, who also butts in line, and you're like, "You did it too, Craig." No, yeah, that's like, and so it's it's really playing around with our own emotions as an audience and our love of violence, and and I have that. I have a mixed relationship to violence, you know. So, um, it's that's 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 yes, it's on purpose. I gotta ask though, uh, what were, what was the conversation he was having with his girlfriend? He was talking about a hat. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the best. That was not in the script. That's Valentine Mealy, who's actually one of the stars of my first movie, Tromeo and Juliet. And he was he's talking about a God, what kind of hat? He's sailor's hat. Yeah, he said it's some sort of sailor's cap. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, what are you yeah. talking about? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. But the way he says "fuck you," I've never heard anyone say yeah, it quite yeah. like that before. And so go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> go fuck go. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's the hand yeah. motions that do it, which look really great on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> they do. <laughs> All right, it's been five minutes now. There you Yay! go. <laughs> any other any other questions? Okay, what, what, what back there? Batman. Hi, I'm Simone, and I want to punch Jonah in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Par for the course. What is what is your name? Uh, my name is Philip. Uh, I'm not from Hawaii, but I'm from San Pedro. Hey, hey, Pedro, right. man! Uh, I just want to say, uh, I saw uh, the specials years ago, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a really fucking awesome movie. It was the... I Because I, uh, my mother-in-law bought me a copy of The Toy Collector. Oh, wow. And uh, I'd never heard of you before. I read this book. I'm like, man, this guy's fucked up. Then I was like, I wonder what else he did. Like, oh, shit, he made movies. That's great. Yeah. So uh, I was just... Uh, do, you, do you have any other superhero movies? 
that you've written that you're planning on making? Uh, not at the present moment, but I love superheroes. And I'm actually, I, I've actually been working on a comic book for, I've been trying to, to figure out this comic book. I had to deal with Marvel a couple years back to do this uh, limited series. Which now you have a deal with series. Disney. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, uh, it's Donald, it, it's, uh, it's a Beagle Boys movie. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I might, I might, I might still do a. There's a comic book idea I have about superheroes. I might still do, but uh, we'll see about. I don't know about another movie in the near future. We'll see. Also, uh, you seem to really like torturing your brother. I do. My <laughs> my brother Sean. Yeah, yeah. I, I've killed him. I kill him many, many times in many movies, and and in every movie he has an awful haircut. And, uh, <laughs> he was the guy with the mohawk. Yeah, he has yes. a, he has a total Guido mohawk in this movie that that was actually his idea that's ugly but in the specials he played a character by the name of alien orphan who was painted green every day and he was completely bald and in tromeo and juliet he has bald except for three little blonde pigtails on his head <laughs> which was something i drew for him for the barber to show him how to cut his hair and uh and then he did humanzy my web series in which he was tortured in makeup yeah. i really i hate his guts <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing i want to say is in in so many movies you see somebody with a gun, and, and you, you see the guy that they're fighting against. You're like, why doesn't he just shoot that guy? And in your movie, every single time that happens, the guy just gets shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, never, it's never like, oh, ah, he could have just shot him right then. He just yeah. shoots him right then. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Excellent. That's the best part. All the choices made are the choices that would be made. Yeah, that's what I tried to make it real. Tried yeah. to make it real. Any more questions before we uh, ramp it up? All right. Well, um, I have uh, two CDs left, but what was uh, it? Pedro. I would say. He All right. Enjoyed. Pedro yeah. gets one. Here you yeah. go, San Pedro. Now, who that's, that's where the Minutemen are from, man. Any anyone else? No. Okay, so we have one CD left to give away. Who will win the wet T-shirt contest, prize? All right. fellas? Fellas. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to give it to the guy who was in the, whose dad was in the punk band that you loved so yeah. much. Yeah. Sweet, Pedro in Hawaii, the Squids. Although his dad's favorite band now, Muse. Yeah, Muse. What? So I just find that odd. That's his dad's favorite band? How old's your dad? Uh, he's 63. 63. Wow. His dad's favorite band is Muse. Wow. For his birthday, he brought his dad out to L.A. to go watch Muse. I'm not saying they're a bad band. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this Was your dad like the drummer? Because the drummer doesn't care. Like, he doesn't know. They, drummers just end up in whatever band they end up that's in. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, that was a great, great uh, insertion there. Thank you very much. Uh, this was super, super, super fun. Um, get it? Oh. Get it? I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it that way. Get I didn't that, mean it that way. I did not Thanks, mean it that, that way. Mm. I did not mean it that way. Explain it to me, please. Uh, this was incredibly fun. Uh, is that better, Jonah? I like it. Um, but thank you so much for, for, for coming here, and thank you guys for coming out. And, and again, thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It, it's, it's still playing. Uh, it's in limited release, but it'll be on, uh, when did you say, April 16th? Yeah, it's well, so on April 13th, it'll be on demand. Right now, we're in uh, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, uh, D.C., uh, in San Francisco. Next week, we open in Chicago and a few other places. April 15th, we open in St. Louis and Cleveland and a bunch of other cities. So we're opening up in a lot of theaters across, across the country. In a lot Is of it fair to say you're markets. opening in select cities? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, again, <laughs> I, I, but we're opening about it. It's like it's it's all major markets. So it's it's except for a couple, you know, one. I think it's really cool that. that Sorry, Houston. Yeah, <laughs> that, you're exactly right. Actually, that's the one place that we're not opening, and I get tons of angry emails from Houstonians every day. Yeah, like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah's a sarcastic psychic. He <laughs> makes psychic predictions when he's being sarcastic. Uh, but uh, again, I think it's really awesome that you you know you had this thing that was stuck in your head and you just kind of went out and made it, which is sort of a theme that we get go back to on this podcast over and over again. It's like, hey, if you want to do something, you just fucking go out and do it, and yeah. that's kind of what you did. Yeah, I think that's that's. I think people always come up and they're asking me, what's you know what do you uh, you know think you should do as a filmmaker? How do you become successful? And it's always just basically start you know finish what you start. Yeah. You know, if you start something, just finish it. Don't worry so much about it coming out and sucking. Just do it. You know, end it. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you guys for so much for coming. Let's have a huge hand for thank Mr. You. James thank Gunn, you. who is exhausted and came here anyway. Uh, thanks for coming out. Uh, we have a ton of other shows, so check meltcomics.com for the Nerdicent Meltdown calendar. Oh, this was our first official show here at Meltdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, Jimmy Dore did his show last night, but this is our first show yeah, here yeah, at Meltdown. Yeah. So thank you for showing up tonight, and uh, we'll see you maybe tomorrow night for Black Dynamite. Okay, thanks. Good night, everybody. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the Outer Lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.